The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, um, you have started this work in Turkey. I pray that... Uh, for those that you have called, for those that you have uh, established, I pray that you would bless. I pray that the strongholds or the schemes of the evil one uh, could not stand against your uh, glory. And I pray that uh, you would uniquely position that team in Turkey to establish your church, to share your gospel I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit to give authority, to give boldness, to give grace, uh, that your kingdom may spread and more uh, children may be added to your table. So praise you and thank you in your son's name. Amen. Um, today, I just to start us out, I just want to ask the question, have you ever had a dream uh, that uh, you worked so hard uh, to achieve and complete and then had to give up on that dream. What, what, was, what was the, the feelings that, uh, that came uh, to mind? What were the desires that you had and uh, the ache that maybe you felt when you realized you had to give up on that dream? Um, As a father, uh, I think uh, we sometimes understand that uh, concept of uh, aching or having a dream for your children. I don't know a single father that doesn't want uh, the best for his kids and uh, strives to build character or provide uh, something that they didn't have themselves. Um, and, And why there's an ache when those things aren't realized is because there's deep love there that's behind those desires uh, of wanting what is best, desiring what is uh, a blessing. Um, You feel that ache because uh, you deeply care and love for the thing that uh, you're pursuing. Um, I I have an example of this. Um, I was the first individual within my household that uh, was ever saved. At age 17, I came to Christ. Um, And I I have to say that I had a lot of misconceptions of who God was or who Christ was. I also uh, had a lot of misinformation And when I came to uh, Christ, uh, I felt so much freedom 
from those misconceptions. And I, I have to say that a lot of those um, misconceptions came from my mother. Uh, she had grown up in the Catholic Church and uh, was deeply hurt uh, through that and had a very uh, different picture of uh, God than what the Bible uh, states. Um, so when I came to Christ and uh, had this uh, love for him, I wanted to share this love with my family who didn't know him. And being a quiet guy, I, I started out with praying, uh, just wanting to be faithful and praying for them uh, daily. Um, and, uh, and I would have multiple conversations with my brother and father and mother uh, about Christ, and I just kept being turned away. Um, I would hope and pray and hope and pray and, uh, and uh, no resolve. Um, finally, age 24, uh, my uh, mother passed away from cancer. Uh, and um, committed to my family, I doubled down and said, I'm going to be a representative for Christ within this home and I will see my uh, family saved. Um, year later after my mother passed, I was talking with my brother and we were talking about, he's a CPA and we were talking about taxes of all things on the phone. And it led to a discussion about my volunteer work here at the Coffee Oasis at the time uh, and it that discussion led to sharing Christ. And I had the privilege of seeing my brother uh, accept Christ while having a conversation about taxes. <laughs> um, a couple years later, when I was 28 years old, uh, I, it's Sunday, it's 5.30 um, in the afternoon. Uh, I get a phone call from my dad. Uh, I'm at his house, he's out with his girlfriend in uh, Polsbo at the time I get a phone call from him and says, you know, I, I just accepted Christ. <laughs> I, I was sitting talking with Wes Davis from uh, now New Life uh, and uh, he led me uh, to Christ. I know Christ died for me. Uh, I know uh, that I can live for him. Uh, and all the things that you've been saying for years have come back uh, like a flood. Um, he, goes, he goes, I don't know what you're doing. It's 5.30, uh, 30 minutes uh, from now we're having uh, another service up here. Uh, I would love to study God's word with you. Uh, so I threw my flip-flops on and climbed in the car and uh, drove from Port Orchard to Paulsbo to sit with my father. Amen. I think we all have experienced at one time 
or another the ache for someone in our life. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's a significant other. Maybe it's family. And we've experienced times uh, where uh, they push us away. And, and because of love's sake, we endure. We keep pursuing. Um, we're going to talk about a, a father uh, today that definitely felt, in relationship to his uh, son, definitely probably felt a lot of ache. Um, he had to uh, long suffer. And we're going to take a look at uh, how he received that child back uh, once, uh, once uh, the father, the son wanting to come home. Um, happy Father's Day. Uh, one thing I realized when I became a dad was I needed to get my stuff together. <laughs> um, uh, I thought I was a pretty mature guy, uh, and then uh, I uh, had two little boys, and I learned a lot about God in having two little boys. Um, Believe it or not, I, I actually, growing up in a house full of men, I wanted a little girl, but I got two very uh, stubborn, loud, and uh, little boys, and I'm blaming it on my wife because she's not here. <laughs> um, however, um, I realized that that stubborn, determined, uh, willful, Little boys are because they are their father's son. Uh, and I can be uh, all of those things. Um, I joke that uh, I have long endurance and patience. My wife says, no, that's pigheadedness and stubbornness. Uh, um, um, quickly, as a, as a father, I realized that I was going to blow it. Uh, as a father. Um, quickly as a father, I realized that my children are going to go their own way at times. And I'm going to have to lovingly call them back. And there has been times in that journey thus far that I realize I have blown it. Um, and maybe as a father, you... you uh, can sympathize with this uh, in, um, in that deep love and that very concern and long suffering. I've, I found myself many times uh, around my children going, man, I wish I could take that moment back and express myself in this way or say things in this way. I think it's pretty natural uh, for children to wa wander. Um, it's part of being in a fallen world. It's also pretty natural for uh, fathers to fail. It's part of being in a fallen world. We all fall short of the glory of God. Um, today, I want to take a look at 
uh, an image of God as our Father. And usually Father's Days uh, were big about discussions about character or about leadership in sermons on Father's Day. I'm not uh, going to talk about those things. I'm going to talk about the love of the Father that he has for his children. Um, we're going to spend most of our time in uh, Luke 15. And this is a, probably a very uh, familiar passage to you, uh, the, uh, the parallel about the prodigal son. Uh, and a lot of times we identify a lot uh, with the son, but we think the father may be a little cray-cray in how he receives uh, the uh, child back. Um, So just to get us uh, beginning, uh, let's set the setting. Father has two uh, kids. Uh, The older one uh, stays and works in his farm. The younger one for whatever reason, decides that he wants to leave the home. And he asks the father for his uh, inheritance so he can leave the home. There's no description here of uh, why the younger uh, son chooses to leave. There is no description of uh, what the household looks like. Uh, All we know is that the younger son asks something that seems very improper, uh, his inheritance, and he wants to leave the home. Um, If I was the dad here, I think it would feel like daggers. Uh, I want my inheritance and I want to be gone. Kind of like that feeling, I just want you to be dead uh, so I can have my own way. Um, So the young man decides to leave home. And I don't know why. Uh, There is no description here. Um, You know, what I liken it to is uh, maybe my life. There's been many times that God has given me a blessing, like my wife or my children, or they have given me a blessing like a job, or have given me a blessing that has changed my character, and somewhere along the line, I thought to myself, this isn't satisfactory. I want to do what I want to do. Maybe it doesn't fulfill a craving, that blessing doesn't fulfill a craving that uh, is beckoning me. Or maybe that blessing uh, I failed to see as what it is. But many a times, like this child, I have gone on the road that uh, God never intended me to go when I've left home. So what happens? Starting in verse 13. Um, Not long after uh, the youth got his inheritance, he got his stuff together and he left. 
and he started squandering that wealth and wild living. You know, we, we live in a culture today uh, that talks about finding ourselves. Um, I will say that uh, that journey doesn't always uh, end up uh, in the most pleasant places. Um, this young man leaves and uh, squanders his uh, wealth and he spends and he spends and a famine comes in over the whole country and it only exasperates the situation because now uh, people are starving, people can't find work and he has run out of money and as a Jew, he takes a job feeding pigs just to make a living, which in that culture would be a great insult in sin. Please flip. He longed uh, to fill his belly to the point that he is willing to eat the, what the pigs are eating. And no one gave him anything. And finally, there's this aha moment that, you know, I left something that was so good for me. And I chased after something that has only uh, led me here. So he starts practicing a speech in his head. He decides in this aha moment that I have sinned and I have uh, left my father and it would be better for me to go back and be a servant uh, in my father's household. And he starts practicing this speech in his mind because he has decided he's going home. And I don't, I don't know about you. Um, I have probably uh, reasoned with myself hundreds of times of why I... Um, why I have wandered away from God and reasoned with myself uh, why I need to return and feel the, feel the pain of uh, realizing that sin and having that aha moment when I've hit my lowest in life. And this young man has that aha moment and starts back home. And it begins there uh, saying why he was still a long way off. He sees, I'm sorry, I'm an artist. I pictureize things all the time. Why he is a long way off and walking down this dusty and dirty road, he sees a man standing in the road. The gate is open. The lights are on of his house. He sees this a man in the road, and it's his father. And before he gets his practice speech out of why he should return, uh, that he could be a, uh, uh, a member uh, of the workforce of the father's house, the father runs and chases him down and embraces him. And before he can say anything, the barbecue is going. 
the fattened calf is out. The, uh, the robe is around the young boy. The ring is on his finger. The shoes are on his feet. The father is celebrating that his child is home. This isn't a license to continue to sin just because we know that a father will receive us back. Um, sin always comes with costs. Um, it says that uh, wages of sin are death and, the, and God's good news is a free gift uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. However, it did cost. God, in pursuing us, had to wait until we were ready. He had to feel that anguish of so loving his child for so long until we came home. He also, it only costed uh, our brother in Christ uh, that forgiveness. So loved you, he gave his one and only son for you. As a kid, one of the misconceptions I had about God the Father, um, and it was delivered to me uh, by my mother, uh, who was very bitter about religion, was that God is this God that is going to put his thumb on me. And say, you failed one more, you failed one too many times. I'm done. Destruction is going to come. And God's wrath is true and real. There has to be pavement for sin. But like this father, he longs and loves for his children. And it is his joy to celebrate you. I don't know why. I'm about as dirty and nasty as I ever have been. Anyone uh, come in contact with me quickly knows I'm a flawed guy. Uh, And I, I know that. However, I am also a child of God. Um, Some of you guys, I don't know how we start wandering, but we do. Maybe we sin and we sin a little bit more and somewhere along the line we think to ourselves, I can't go back. He won't receive me back. Maybe um, it's that desire uh, that that calls us. You know, God has given us blessing, and we want something of our own design, and we we chase that. I don't know why, as children, uh, we wander, except that sin is present. But I do know, as a father, 
uh, as a natural father, I would want anything. I want anything uh, that uh, is good and wonderful for my children. And as a heavenly father, he, he is willing to long suffer, delight, and when uh, the child comes home, celebrate. It was it was what caused him to send his son to the cross for you. And he isn't going to withhold anything uh, uh, to be with his child. Maybe some of you guys in this room feel a great distance from God or feel a little distance from God. Let me uh, ask you some questions. How long has it been since the last time you felt embraced by God? How, was, how long has it been since uh, you came and felt like you were really nourished, that barbecue, really nourished uh, in his word and uh, through uh, his love? When was the last time that you came and the robe went on, the ring went on the finger and the uh, sandals went on your feet and you realized, again, I am a child of God. I am part of his inheritance, that he has done everything to call me home. There is no separation. I just want to challenge if you have felt a chasm between you and uh, God or you've been running uh, I just want to challenge uh, with, with something really simple. God's standing in the street waiting for you to come home. The gate is open. The lights are on. He's waiting for you to take that step towards him. He doesn't want robots. He wants children that love him. Um, in the first, uh, first and second service, uh, um, uh, sorry, Nate. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> we just met. <laughs> We've only known each other for eight years. First, first went the hair, then went the eyesight, and now the memory's going. Um, um, Nate shared about his father's uh, commitment to uh, Christian discipleship. Um, some of you guys will, in this room will never be fathers physically. Um, I've been the youth. I've been a youth guy since I was a youth. Um, at age seventeen, at the banks of Lake Hosette. Uh, Kyle Jones led uh, me in uh, recognizing Christ and life was born. And then soon after, he walked with me at Lincoln Avenue uh, while I did community service. It's my first spiritual father. Um, A gentleman named... 
Tim Fazamoli that was only a, maybe a year or two older than I am, he taught me uh, that, uh, that God loves me and he taught me uh, what it was to be a child of God, uh, what was my inheritance and what was my identity. Uh, some of you guys know Paul Morris in the room, his father, Philip Morris, uh, and a guy named John Skubik. Uh, they, they taught me not only how to be a child of God, but they walked with me and taught me how to be a man of God. And in a youth group setting, they uh, relinquished their kids to me and trust me with their kids. Uh, older gentleman named Al Mock, uh, Steve Alexander, uh, and Jerry Listel. They taught me about the promises of God and how they are true and how they are faithful and how they will hold me uh, as I walk with God. Dave Frederick, many years ago, he gave me a place and he showed me how brightly the gospel could shine in a very dark world. And he says, here, be a light bearer and go and share the light. And several years later, still here, shining as bright as I can. We all have uh, spiritual fathers in we all have a calling on us also to be a spiritual father. Bible talks about young men, uh, men and fathers. And this idea is that we teach uh, what we know from the, uh, from the father. Wherever we are in that progression, our calling is to reproduce and be spiritual fathers. Um, let me pray for you. Let me pray for those that are in this room that may uh, have been longing to come back to that uh, father, uh, spiritual father, and doesn't, don't know how to take the, the first step. Uh, in Romans, it says we can just cry out to our uh, Heavenly Father and he will hear us. Let me pray for those that are uh, physical fathers for wisdom uh, to reflect Christ the best they can and raise those children into his likeness. And let me pray for the same things that are uh, you spiritual fathers. Lord, I just uh, thank you, I praise you, that you love us. I thank you of this picture of the prodigal son and the love that the father has lavished on this wayward child. I thank you that there is no distance that we can go that your arm is too short, your ear is too dull, and you can't reach. But as a loving father, you, uh, you long suffer. As a loving father, you carry uh, that desire uh, 
uh, for us to be with you. And that love uh, drives you to pursue us. Thank you for uh, the physical fathers in this room. And I ask for a blessing over them, uh, Lord. I ask for uh, heaps of wisdom. It isn't easy to lead, lead a child. I pray uh, for a tight bo- uh, bind uh, with their children. I pray that they can uh, effectively reflect you uh, to them and raise children that uh, know, love God, and resemble him. I pray uh, for the spiritual fathers in uh, the room. Uh, I pray for blessing in their ability to reproduce. Thank you. In your son's name, amen. Scripture says that on the night Jesus was betrayed,